0: Vision has just the right mix of music, inspiration and fun to kickstart your day. Rise and shine with Fel and DJ. Weekdays at breakfast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
1: Well, this week the headlines have been focusing on the nine-month suspension of Victorian MP Moira Deeming. She was a speaker at a Let Women Speak rally when it was gatecrashed by two other groups. One of those, a group of trans activists, and the other group of neo-Nazis who performed Nazi salutes. Well, The Victorian Liberal opposition leader found uh, what he thought was evidence that Moira Deeming was connected to the Nazis and tried to have her expelled from the Liberal Party. Well, a backlash within the party room means that she's not expelled, but she is suspended for nine months. But there are some big issues brewing around those developments in Victoria. One of those, it appears to be a rising sense or movement of fascism. You might be wondering what that means. Well, our guest joining us now, David Robertson, director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. He's been thinking through the issues around the suspension of Victorian MP Moira Deeming and concerning developments that look like fascism. David, a special welcome back to 2020. Yeah, it's good
0: to be with you. And uh, can I say concerning your next subject, just to give you a a wee heads up, uh, back in my native country, Scotland, We've just elected Europe's first Muslim prime minister. Um, And there are uh, disturbing aspects of that. Tied in, actually, with our conversation about fascism. So I'm looking forward to
1: this. (laughs) Yes, there are some connections to two conversations that are coming just ahead. Hey, let's talk big picture at the start here, David. Uh, If we're talking about rising fascism, we're talking about a nine-month suspension of a Liberal Party MP in the state of Victoria. Uh, Give us your thoughts here, a big picture.
0: Okay, so the word fascist or far-right or Nazi is being used more and more and more there used to be a thing called well there is a thing called godwin's law which says that the minute you mention bring up hitler or the nazis you lose the argument um well the argument is being brought up all the time and it's become meaningless and i think it's really important for us to understand what real fascism is why people being accused of fascism is such a a a dangerous thing and uh why what's happened to Moira is is such a uh, a terrible thing actually. So um, uh, I'm often accused of being far right or or fascist, and that's because I hold to biblical views on marriage. Actually, my personal politics, which is nobody's business, um, it would give people a wee clue if they knew that my nickname at university was Red Robo. So you know. Um, <laughs> I find it bizarre to be accused of being a fascist because I support the biblical view of marriage or I'm not for abortion and so on. But that's how people use this term now. And my fear is... I mean, maybe we, you want to talk about first the the Melbourne case first. Let's will, will we discuss that first?
1: Uh, well, let's uh, let's talk some more on some definitions here for a moment because okay. I suspect this is confusing for some because we like to think in terms of left and right. Sometimes we align the Labour Party and the Greens on the left, and uh, we align the conservative parties on the right, although there's all sorts of people who say those conservatives don't look too far right. <laughs> they actually look like they're moving left. and uh, mm-hmm. and so when I think of these sorts of things, uh, I find it's often confusing because people obviously align Adolf Hitler as far right wing, and yet he was leading the nationalist socialist party and socialism we align with the left in australia so give us some some insights here into how you might define what fascism looks like because my suspicion is david uh, it doesn't necessarily take sides left and right it can be both sides
0: yes yeah, so the, the the left and right thing is becoming increasingly meaningless anyway because the old socialist conservative was often seen in terms of political and uh, sorry economic and class terms. Now, what we're talking about is progressivism, which is the new religion of I, I call it the green progressive religion and uh, social conservatism. You could be in in the old style. You could be left wing and socially conservative. So, but the, the definition of fascism, I think, is really important. So. Fascism comes from Italy and from Mussolini, and basically what it involves is a highly centralized government, an authoritarian government that uses the uh, forces of the state to implement its will and controls everything. It's also corporate. It's highly corporate. So I would argue that the current uh, Communist Party in China is basically a left-wing form of fascism, if you can put it that way. I think... It's communism and fascism are two sides of the same coin. But there's no question that the Chinese Communist Party is very corporate, centralized state control. And, you know, you see that, for example, in the Nazis as well. In one sense, they were very modern. They were very scientific. They were very they saw themselves as being very progressive. Um, Fascism is is often also tied in with nationalism uh, and you'll you'll see that, for example, we hear this, uh, if, if I was to be down in Melbourne, you will hear Dan Andrews talk about Victorian values and what Victorians want, as though there is one set of values which reflect um, the state. And as far as the state is concerned, there is one set of values. So fascism is defined in that way, highly authoritarian, highly centralized, corporate, and seeking to impose its will over every aspect of life. And often, by the way, very violent as well.
1: Is there a sense, and we've just had the New South Wales state election, and there's been commentary around the fact that all of the mainland states in Australia states in Australia and territories uh, all have Labour governments. Tasmania, the only exception. Uh, the thought that all of a sudden you've got a sea of red across a nation... Uh, creates an impression that the power balance is becoming very one-sided. Is there something to read into uh, election results? And it's not just New South Wales, but it's what the people have of Australia have decided this is what they want right across all of those states and territories.
0: Yeah, I don't think so in terms of Labour liberal. Uh, to be honest, I think you can put a... Uh, a piece of paper between Dominic Perrottet and Chris Minns. And by the way, I I should say at this point, that as somebody who lives in Sydney, I think the way that these two gentlemen have conducted themselves has been absolutely wonderful. And uh, I I think that's been a really good example of democracy. What concerns me much more is the way that Dan Andrews in Victoria has been conducting himself, which... So I think the danger of fascism... There is a danger of extreme right ideologies... Uh, and there's a danger even that Christians could get caught up with that. But I think it's a very small danger. I mean, I think it's, you know, a handful of people. To me, the, r- the real danger in terms of fascism in Australia is when the state takes on roles that it shouldn't take. So I'll give you one example. Uh, Mussolini and Hitler would have been very proud of the policy uh, that exists in Victoria at the moment in terms of conversion therapy, hate crime and so on. If you are a parent and you refuse to let your child transition or support them medically or surgically to do so, you could actually go to jail, which is utterly astonishing. That is a level of authoritarian control, which is profoundly disturbing. And I think what happened with um, the woman who's known as Posey Parker and, and that rally is a real indication of how a, an authoritarian state works. Now, what, was it 20 men, young men who stood and gave fascist salutes? uh, I mean, it amazes me that they were even allowed into that. The fact that they did so is utterly ridiculous. But to then label the women who organized that rally, including, by the way, one prominent leader who was a Jewish lady, to label her as a Nazi is absolutely astonishing. And it's a very dangerous thing because when that happens... You start, people are told these are Nazis. People then think, well, let's go beat up a Nazi. Um, and when Posy Parker went to New Zealand, she almost got killed by a mob. And I, I think that we have to be really, really careful uh, about this. You know, so I think that the, there's a cheap use of the term fascism to decry anyone who disagrees with you. But there's a real danger of a fascism, which is a state authoritarianism. And I think it's a real danger for the church as well.
1: So you've got this state authoritarianism, which ought to be perhaps uh, resisted, or at least as a Christian believer, you'll hold that as a very high concern. And when you've got uh, single leaders who have... Uh, A a authoritarian power over individual citizens. The contrast there uh, to what we've been used to in Australia, uh, our liberal democracy, the thought that there are people who have individual rights, uh, the right to protest, um, the right to be a dissident politically. Uh, Some of these things are at risk, and, you know, of course, around Moira Deeming too. I mean, she was there having her say. She's been aligned with the Nazis, and now within her own party room... Uh, which is on the liberal side of politics, uh, she's on a nine-month suspension. So uh, both sides in all of this actually uh, display some of these sorts of characteristics, don't they?
0: Yes, I, th- I think that the opposition leader in Victoria is uh, – I-, I can't I- – I watch open mouth about how foolish this is. He cites, for example, information about Posey Parker that he's got from Wikipedia. Uh, which is never a reliable source. I mean, I'm uh, I, I'm apparently in Wikipedia. I didn't write anything about it. I mean, it's uh, who knows what they've written about me. Uh, maybe I should check it when I get off. <laughs> but I mean, he he said she's associated with far right people. Now, anyone who knows Posy Parker at all, if you listen to anything, she's the opposite of that. Yes, she's a controversial character because she stands up for women's rights, but she's not remotely a Nazi. And ironically, what the opposition leader is seeking to do, similar to Dan Andrews, is very fascistic. It's, it's trying to shut down anyone who dares to question his ideology. It, it, is, it is quite remarkable that in a conservative party in Australia, someone is being told they will be suspended for standing up for women's rights. I, 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 I'm still open-mouthed at that. But I I don't know quite what's happening. I think we've we've spoken about the trans stuff before, but it seems to me that there's a collective psychosis that's overtaken much of society. And uh, I'm amazed. You know, let me give you another example. The Australian newspaper, and I think others, ran a couple of stories about real far-right people, you know, militaristic people in Australia, going off to Ukraine to fight against the Russians, to fight for the Ukrainians. Now, these are real far right, real Nazis. Do we then say that because some Nazis have fought for Ukraine, that therefore we should never support Ukraine? Well, of course not. They're a tiny minority. The Ukrainian people are making a brave stand against an invading force. The fact that there are some people who are Nazi who therefore say they're they're supporting Ukraine and against Russia, that doesn't negate it if some people gate crashed a rally, I mean, the same thing could happen uh, here as well. I mean, I'll give you another example in Sydney. So uh, Mark Latham was speaking at a Catholic church in West Sydney. And a group of people not from West Sydney, I I dare to say, I suggest that they were from the eastern suburbs in Newtown, Uh, a small group of people decided they would go out and picket the church. Now, it's a very narrow alley there. And I think it was a very silly and stupid thing to do. And the local people, who are largely immigrants, and many of them from Lebanon, many of them Catholic Marianite, uh, apparently there was some display of uh, disrespect towards the cross and attempt to burn one and all that kind of stuff. They just said, we're not taking this. Now, it was so funny how that was reported in the media because these were local people who were objecting to their church being picketed and basically uh, attacked in different ways. And it was reported, the objections to this were reported as far right. Now, let me put it another way. If anyone had been stupid enough to go to Lakemba during Ramadan and burn a Quran or something, I'm sure when there was, when there would be the inevitable reaction that none of the press would report this as being far right fascism. In fact, they would report the burning of the Quran, which would be a wrong thing to do. They would report that as Islamophobia. But they don't report the picketing of a Catholic church as Christophobia. So you, you see where the problem arises in all of this.
1: Interestingly, when you've got groups arriving at a protest, and uh, we might assume that the groups that are arriving at the protest are not there organized by a government or an opposition party on the day. Uh, there's no central government that is guiding those groups. And I think you used the words collective psychosis. Uh, yeah. It's overtaken Australians. There's a way that the media is reporting things uh, which actually spirals out of control. And uh, nobody knows who or where these sorts of things are being organised from or where they're coming from. But then you've got a a media that's reporting these things uh, with an anti-Christian bias, any thoughts here around that? Just coming back to that collective psychosis idea, because um, because governments are not organising these protests, people are, yeah. and they are aligned with various groups. Yes,
0: but then and then you see what happens. So, for example, when uh, um, as I say, we've had an election in Scotland, and the person who Almost should have won it. The most competent was an evangelical Christian, and was constantly being attacked for that. Her opponent, who was a Muslim, was never attacked for being a Muslim, and and I don't think should have been either. But I don't think she should have been attacked. However, the ABC here reported as a fact that the the woman, Kate Forbes, had stood on extremist conservative on a platform of extremist conservative Christian values, far right kind of thing. Now, that was absolute nonsense. It was complete nonsense, but it's reported as fact. It's reported as fact that there was a Nazi rally in Melbourne. No, there wasn't. It was reported as fact that there were far-right protesters in West Sydney. No, they weren't. You know, but when you do that, when you feed that into people, and when I've, I've counted at least two programs on the ABC in recent weeks talking about the dangers of far-right extremism, You know, the killings up in Queensland, that's a result of far right Christianity or whatever, which was utter nonsense. You're creating this atmosphere in which it doesn't take much for a mob to start attacking people. And incidentally, that is what Mussolini and Hitler did. They project the collective psychosis comes out of pushing fear into people and then providing the government to be the authority that. That deals with your enemy. So, from a Christian perspective, we need to be really, really aware of this. And I think from a societal perspective, we need to be aware of it.
1: And that's what we are so often looking for on a conversation like this, David. Where do Christians sit? when there is a left-right divide or is there a perception of a left-right divide and Christians being aligned with one side or another because of holding to a biblical value and that truth that we would be able to glean from the Scriptures. That truth isn't changing. That's the truth we'll hold on to through all of this, even though people might be targeting us as Christian believers or naming us as left or right. Uh, There's something important in this, and I wonder if we can just maybe close out our conversation with your thoughts of how you stand strong as a Christian when there is this pressure that's beginning to be applied.
0: Well, I thought it was interesting. There is a fantastic clip, I must find it, of um, an archbishop, I think Archbishop Emmanuel, an Orthodox archbishop uh, in Western Sydney, uh, addressing his people, saying, we're going to go to a protest, but it will be a peaceful protest. And he ad- he ad- directly addresses Anthony Albanese. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It talks about the love of Christ. It talks about the freedom we have as Christians. And it talks about how we're not going to be pushed into identities and ideologies that the state pushes us into. So my view is we don't do the left and right political thing. I think there are Christians who can be left wing and right wing in the old sense. But in terms of the new sense, we cannot. Abs- we-, we cannot as Christians go for a progressive ideology, which is fundamentally anti-Christian. And we have to stand up to that. So my view would be that uh, we stand for freedom. My view is that we need to learn to question the media. Um, we, we don't automatically dismiss stuff that we don't agree with, but we need to learn to question and to think about it. And perhaps most of all, it's the instruction of Paul in First Timothy to uh, pray for kings and those in authorities. We need to be a people of prayer And in my view as well, I'm praying King Jesus, Lord Jesus, come soon, because um, when God lets us run the world our way, we make an awful mess of it. And I think that is what is happening. But, you know, there's hope for Australia, but I believe that that hope is found in Christ, not in political ideology.
1: Well, David, I want to introduce listeners to you because uh, you've got a website, ask.org.au. And you're happy to address questions and the comments that our listeners might even make beyond our conversation today. So I'll point listeners that way, ask.org.au. David Robertson is director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. And uh, he's, uh, he's the writer of articles for newspapers, magazines, authored a number of books, uh, The Dawkins Letters, and Engaging with Atheists. And you can hear there's a lot of common sense in some of the things that he's sharing with us today. Uh, David Robertson, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020.
0: It's a joy to be with you as always.